0: Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited Nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome
1: to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, July 23rd show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for information on upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I'm your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can impact your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now the lineup for today's show, we will be having a panel conversation with both of my guests, Serena Savage of Keller Williams Puget Sound and Marissa Beach of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Northwest Real Estate. Also, I'll be having a conversation with Serena, real estate reels for deals, and followed conversation with Marissa, money to buy a home. Also, if you're watching the show on my Facebook premiere or YouTube channel, I would love to introduce my producer over at Hubbard Radio, Benny.
2: Hi Tina, good to see you as always.
1: You too, Benny, you. and my marketing director, Becky. Hi,
3: Tina. Happy to be here.
1: Thank you. I could not do it without both of them. So thank you in advance for Becky and Benny and all you do behind the scenes. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, please call the show at 1-855-400-1150, or you can go online to moneyhour.com. And now let's go ahead and start out the show. With a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. This is the first time that the European Central Bank has hiked in 11 years and one has to wonder what took so long. While bonds were lower in the early going 50 basis points moved, helping them to recoup their losses as the ECB is taking a harsher stance on inflation. It still be, should be noted that since the ECB went negative with rates, they are now just getting back to zero versus the level of 1.75%. Retail sales rose 1% in June, which was higher than estimates of 0.8%. Core retail sales rose 0.8%, which was 0.5%, better than expectations, but there was a negative 0.3% revision to the previous month. Because of the increases with this report, it's likely that Q2 GDP estimates get a slight revision higher, but still remain negative. Because of the 9.1 red-hot inflation reading and somewhat resilient retail sales, Fed government Governor Waller said that he would consider supporting a larger rate hike July 27th, right around the corner, which would mean 100 basis points. After negative prints seen in three out of the prior for prior months, the July New York Manufacturing Index rebounded to 11.1%, and that was better than the anticipated of a negative 2%. While the headline number was upside upside surprise, the disappointment was the six month outlook following the negative 6.2 from positive to 14, and that is the worst print since September of 2021 to September 2001. Capital spending plans, both on the equipment and the tech spending, deteriorated and the outlook for new orders fell from zero to 12.5 now zillow released the july housing index showing that they think that home values will increase 7.8 percent over the next 12 months this was a revision lower due to slower monthly appreciation numbers and the slow pace of sales but still extremely strong don't be fooled by other media outlets who will try to twist this and to say that we're in a decrease in home values zillow believes That we will see home price appreciation moderate to the pre-pandemic levels, but that very different than a crash, it's just a slower pace of appreciation." Now, on the Seattle front, Seattle housing market has been hot this year. Despite record low inventory levels, last year saw record-breaking sales. No month had more than a month's supply. By a large industry, observers described that a balanced market, as with four to six months supply of inventory, this region has far less than due to which home prices in the Seattle area continue to grow beyond the means of many buyers. The new report from NWMLS shows that the Seattle housing market is now moving towards a more balanced market. The relief for buyers is that the steep price increases that we have seen so far this year continue to slow down in June. The surge of the listings has begun to decrease the rate at which prices have been rising. Now, the housing stock is increasing while sales are decreasing as compared to last year. Buyers in the Seattle market are pulling back right now because of mortgage interest rates and much higher than what we saw last year. June, housing figures from the Northwest Multiple Listing Service. service indicate that market change presenting opportunity for some buyers the brokers reported a robust increase in inventory area ride double digit declines in both pending and concluding sales and low year-over-year price rise since June 2020. They added that 14,223 new listings in single-family homes and condos in inventory in June up from May when they added 13,075 homes system-wide, and a year ago when they added 13,111 properties to the database. At the end of June, there was more than double the inventory of a year ago, which is a healthy place for the marketplace. Both pending sales, mutually accepted offers, and closed sales declined a year ago. Pending sales during June were down 2.5% from last year, while closed sales also fell 7.2% from a year earlier. Area-wide prices rose about 10.4% from a median price of $589,000 to $650,000. King County had the second-highest sales price last month coming in at $851,000. That represents a 9.1% increase from a year ago but slightly decline a 3.4 from May's figure of 880,000. Single-family home prices in Seattle jumped 12.3% from June 2021, 890444 to June 2022 of a million. A more balanced market is great news for buyers. Tina Mitchell here, and that is your Money Chat. Coming up next in the Money Hour, panel conversation with Serena Savage of Keller Williams Puget Sound and Marissa Beach of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Northwest Real Estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: Want to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Let us help you produce a professionally sounding radio show or podcast. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. On the path to good health and well-being? Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now... Back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: You are listening to the Money Hour at 11:50 a.m. KKNW, the Saturday, July 23rd show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere. Or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming events, please go to TinaMitchellEvents.com. I am your host and your local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk about money, and that is what this show is all about: how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are listening my show a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show, panel conversation with both of my guests, Serena Savage of Keller Williams Puget Sound and Marissa Beach of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Northwest Real Estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you to the show. Thank you. Bye. Hi. Okay. Before we get started, I'm going to do a little introduction for both of you. Uh, Serena Savage, a licensed real estate agent and investor in the state of Washington. Serena and her husband, Colt Savage, began their journey in real estate when she was 23 years old. This was as an investor, and she decided to get her license about three years ago. Since then, she quickly rose to become a top producer and hasn't looked back since. Serena enjoys spending time with her family, making people laugh, yoga, ballet, traveling, and talking about real estate whenever she can. And a little bit about Marissa. Uh, Marissa's passion and work ethic shine most when helping and giving to others as a role tour in Washington State. She is also a bit of a volunteer, a holic, giving her time, energy, and resources to real estate associations and most recently being elected to serve on the Washington State Role Tours Board of Directors. In addition, she loves teaching monthly home buying classes in English and Spanish. Education and grit are the core of her business. She is inherited a healthy slap your knee kind of laugh from her grandma and her mom. Maybe we'll hear it today, which is while you'll find her going to stand-up comedy shows in her free time. She currently resides in Ording, Washington. So that's a little bit about uh, both of my guests. So Serena, let's go ahead and start with you. What life experience brought you into the real estate space?
3: Well, I talk about it all the time. It was real estate investing. So as you mentioned, I started investing in real estate with my husband when I was just 23 years old. Um, We decided, oh, let's buy um, a house with a mother-in-law suite and maybe it's a fixture and we'll just take some time on it and we'll rent out the downstairs. And that's what we did. And then, you know, we just kind of got addicted to investing while I was a financial planner at New York Life. And I noticed I kept referring a lot of clients to my real estate agent at the time, because I was so excited about real estate. And it just got to the point where I just decided, I'm giving him all these referrals. Why don't I just be a real estate agent? And so, yeah, that happened about three years ago. Uh, And yeah, haven't looked back since. Yeah, that is awesome.
1: And to be a top producer in three years is... Uh quite a quick success. And yeah, Serena and Cole have multiple properties. They just bought their first property out of state, uh, which is really exciting. So congratulations, uh, Serena, to all the success that you've had so quickly. And at such a young age. For those of you that are watching her on video, uh, (laughs) she is uh, she is young as well. And starting in real estate at 23, really impressive. So Marissa, what life experience brought you into
4: the real estate space? Well, I joke that I became a realtor by accident. I think most real estate professionals kind of come across as not something we grew up thinking, oh, one day I'm going to be a realtor, or one day I'm going to be a lender. You kind of come across it with, with the experiences. So my particular experience was that I hated having a boss. And so I didn't like being told what to do. I studied Spanish and Latin American studies. I wanted to be a Spanish teacher originally. And then eventually my path changed. I did a master's in public administration at UW in Seattle and And then um, I just was always quitting or getting fired at my jobs right after college. And so I thought, well, my mom doesn't want me to not have a job after all these years of education. So I saw an ad on Craigslist and and it said, oh, the sky's the limit. Everything great about real estate, right? The sky's the limit. You're going to make as much money as you want, work your own schedule, be your own boss. And that really shouted out to me as far as being my own boss.
1: Yeah, and congratulations to you as well. I know you uh, have a great book of business and to be elected uh, to support the state and making decisions to uh, protect consumers and homeownership as well as the real estate community uh, is a huge honor. So congratulations for your election there, uh, Marissa. Thank
4: you. I was also recently elected to the Seattle King County Association of Realtors for next year. So I'll be on both boards. Wow. Yeah. And that's a, it's a lot of work and it is volunteer because you don't get paid
1: for the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a lot of time, but it really does level you up as a real estate uh, agent when you're in that and you're seeing everything that happens before it's, it's hitting the street and you're actually part of the decision-making in that process. So, uh, that is great. Uh, Marissa, Serena, how has been being an entrepreneur helped you be better uh, personally or professionally?
3: Well, um, receiving my training at Keller Williams, I think really helped because they always talk about how your business grows to the extent that you do. So it's important for me to grow as a person and as an individual and then my business will grow from there. Right. So um, I think that doing that inside work out a lot of mindset coaching and, you know, that kind of stuff really helped. Of course, they have the typical tools and resources that most offices have in terms of what to do and how to do it. Um, But that focus on mindset and shifting your mindset um, to be the best individual, you can be um, really helped my business a lot
1: yeah and you know as both of you know i am the local mortgage expert but my community platform is really important to me community platform and community outreach meaning it's complementary and it's coaching uh, time management and personal mastery and it's because just what you said serena you're only as good as what you are for yourself what you're putting out there so as you continue to uh you can share with others it's leveling you up at the same time so yeah Marissa, how has being an entrepreneur uh, helped you be a better um, person, personally or professionally?
4: I would say that it keeps me on my toes, right? We always have to be updated as far as what the market is doing and shifting. Um, how are clients feeling? What are their needs and wants in terms of home ownership and being attentive to that? So being a good listener is really important to me, talking less, you know, listening more, because if I'm talking over my clients and not listening to them, then I'm doing them a disservice. And so my goal is always to learn more about the clients, like what, are, what motivates them? Why do they wanna buy? Why do they wanna sell? Why do they wanna invest? And just sharing a little bit about myself, but letting them have the floor and the mic when it comes to discussing their needs and their wants. So being a good listener, obviously applies to all aspects of life, right? Whether you're in a relationship, or friendship, or just meeting strangers, you know, I think we have everything to, we have a lot of things to learn from each other. So I always say like, we have something to teach and something to learn.
1: Yeah. And isn't it great things that we learn in our business, uh, we can take them into our personal life as well and be able to level up there. Uh, Serena, instead of what you do, what is an example of the work that you do?
3: I would say it's, it's kind of along the lines of what Marissa said too, really listening to what the client's uh, needs are. Um, I have an example that I'm thinking of. I have a client who, she didn't have um, a big budget uh, to, you know, help her move. So I I remember the agent, the buyer's agent went through the listing um, at the final walkthrough and there was you know, she still had a lot of packing to do. And I thought we had established with her son that, you know, he was gonna help her move. Well, I guess they got into a tiff and he didn't help her move. And the buyer's agent called me was like, she has three days to be out and she's not. And I knew, okay, yeah, we could throw money at some movers Mm -hmm. and we can have them do that, which we did. But I also felt it was important for me to, go and help myself and make sure that it was done. So I rolled up my sleeves and I said, okay, I'm getting a moving van. We're going over there. We're going to call some movers and they're going to help us. And we're just going to do this. And so (laughs) we got it done. We got it done in about um, a day and a half. So that we, it was basically the whole house that we had to completely move. And it was just, it, it, she, at the end of it though, she said that The reason why she loves working with me is because I led my business with my heart. I knew that it was important to her that I held her hand, even just going there to help her move out, especially because she was older and, you know, disabled and stuff like that. So we just got it done. That's a great example of the work that you do.
1: And isn't it great, the clients that take more work and more time, they end up being, if you do it right and you take care of them like you shared, they end up being your best clients because they get to see a lot of the extra stuff that you uh, that you do. Marissa, for you, instead of what you do, what is an example of the work that you do?
4: Sure, so I work with a lot of different uh, types of clients that come from all walks of life. And this couple in particular had been um, submitting, we've been submitting a lot of offers, seeing a lot of homes and things of that nature. And I knew as first-time home buyers, they came from humble beginnings. You know, they used uh, a down payment assistance program, and so financially, uh, buying new furniture or buying new things in general for the new house wasn't necessarily in their within their uh, capabilities. And recently, in December, my grandpa had passed away, and I inherited a ton of furniture, like another dining table, more cuckoo knives, and, you know, just all kinds of things that could be used towards another house. And I thought, well, I already have these things. Why don't I give some of these things wow. to these clients? And so they came to my house, loaded up from my garage, you know, several pieces of furniture and things that they could use for their new home. And the day that we gave them the keys, they were, she she was in tears. I, I was uh crying on her behalf as well, because she, you know, the struggles that people go through to buy a home, you don't see that in our marketing online, right? All you see is just sold. Mm -hmm. So you don't hear necessarily all the stories that, that got them there to that point of getting the keys to their new home.
1: Yeah. And what a blessing it is to be in an industry that you're helping uh, people accomplish something that is such a big purchase and for everybody that's buying a home it's a dream whether it's their second home and they're moving up or it's their first investment property or building their investment portfolio um, and definitely for the first-time home buyers especially that they're able to reach that dream of homeownership. uh beautiful serena what is a favorite book of yours and why
3: it has always been awaken the giant within by tony robbins oh that's a um, good one I just love his commanding voice on the audible. So anytime, anytime I'm, you know, thinking small or feeling small, I always remember to listen to that book or even just read it myself. But mostly, I'm driving a lot as a real estate agent, so um, listening to it um, really helps get me excited and get me going because I, you know, we. I believe that I do have. Um, a service that I can offer to people that is unique and different from how other agents work. Right. So, and sometimes I talk myself out of that and I'm like, oh no, I mean, there's tons of real estate agents out there. Right. But, um, then I, I listen to that book and I'm just like, "Oh, gonna, I'm going to show the world. <laughs>
1: And you are showing the world, yeah. If you're listening to the show today, and you have not seen the story of the Chinese bamboo tree, it is a must watch and a, a must watch. And it's right in spirit to what uh, Serena just said. The Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to break ground. When it does break ground, it grows 90 feet in six weeks. You can literally see the Chinese bamboo tree massively growing right in front of your eyes. So the question is, did it grow in six 90 feet in six weeks or? of not, of course not. It took five years. So what's happening underneath the surface, all of those small changes and adjustments that you're making and watering and fertilizing your business and your life, that is your Chinese bamboo tree. So thank you for sharing uh, that book, Serena. (laughs) Marissa, what about you,
4: your favorite book and why? I have a couple of different favorite books, but my top, top favorite similar to as far as the audio book is concerned, um, is Dear Girls by Ali Wong. I love her as a comedian and I love stand-up comedy. I love to laugh. I think that homeownership and moving in real estate can be stressful for a lot of people. And so being able to laugh at our own lives is really important. And Ali Wong is one of those entrepreneurs that she hustles. I mean, the shows that she puts on and similar to Dave Chappelle and, uh, you know, a ton of other uh, comedians that I admire, I think that it it helps me uh, just laugh about life, you know, laugh about mistakes, laugh about uh, mishaps or traumas or things of that nature. And so I think that's important.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you need to live your life with passion, laughter and curiosity. All right. So that's a wrap of our uh, segment for our panel conversation coming up next on the Money Hour Real Estate Reels for deals. Serena Savage of Keller Williams Puget Sound right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
2: Let local real estate agent Serena Savage with Keller Williams remind you that she's there to be a resource and consultant for all your real estate needs. You can reach her at 253-228-1429. Or her email at Savage at kw.com. That's S I R E N A dot S A V A G E at kw as in KellerWilliams.com. So whenever you're ready to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, don't be average. Work with
0: a savage. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are
1: listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, July 23rd show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook Premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming events, Please go to tina mitchell Events.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are listening to my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in Studio, Serena Savage of Keller Williams Puget Sound, Real Estate Reels for Deals, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, Serena, I'm just really excited to have this uh, opportunity for your topic, fun topic, to share on how you can grow your real estate practice to a top producer status based on your production in a very short period of time. And your strategy is actually great for any business owner. So let's go ahead and start out with,
3: what is a reel? Thank you for having me, Tina. Um, So a reel is a short and entertaining video that allows you to express your brand while allowing you to get discovered by other people, not just locally, but around the world. So um, if you're ever on social media, like Facebook or Instagram, or even YouTube has it too, Um, even TikTok, right? I think Reels started from TikTok that, you know, those short entertaining videos that you can scroll through, Mm -hmm. those are Reels.
1: And so what social media platforms are you using, uh, Serena, for your Reels?
3: So right now I'm using Instagram, Facebook, and I just started putting them on TikTok and I would like to um, make my way to YouTube as well. Uh And so how much
1: would you say that your business, would you credit to your social media platforms and what you're putting out on social media?
3: Yeah. So, uh, 50% of my business, not, it's not just reels. It's my presence on social media, right? Um, so I engage with people online. I, um, by engaging, I mean, I comment, I like, I, um, see what's going on every morning. I wish people happy birthday. Cause it's so easy to just wish them a happy birthday. It tells you right there, whose birthday is it today? Right. And, um, through doing stuff like that, Especially after I started posting reels, people, just people I haven't talked to in a long time, they're tagging me in things. Oh, this is a local real estate expert. You want to call Serena Savage or I don't know. It's just been amazing to hear people I barely talk to say, you're the first person that pops up on my Facebook every day. And I'm like, yeah. well... Wow. That's great, especially because, well, you know, people forget that you're a real estate agent every 17 days. So why not pop up on their feed in a fun and entertaining way? Yeah. And
1: I know why you do rules. I'm going to ask you this question, but I want to share uh, first. I'm addicted to them. I mean, I literally, and they come up on my feed every day as well. And I literally will scroll through them, but I keep listening to even your past ones because they are hilarious. And when you can bring your personality out and you can really be approachable, you can be funny or whatever your unique personality has to bring, that's where people are going to connect with you and are want to, are going to want to do business with you. So I love them, but why did you choose to do reels?
3: Um I was I realized that I um had built a A lot of my business on social media and i wanted to 10x that i wanted to figure out okay my my sphere online people that already know me are you know talking to me about real estate asking me questions which is great but how can i grow past this area and not just i'm not saying i want to do real estate outside of washington i'm saying um i was watching a reel from a a a real estate influencer. I think her name's Glenda Baker in Atlanta, Georgia. She talked about how she produced five hundred thousand in GCI after two years of consistently posting reels and content online. And that five hundred thousand was just from reels and social media. That's not including any other thing that she does to promote her business. So when I saw that, I was like, "Huh, I can do that." I think I'm pretty funny. (laughs) So why not? I'm going to try doing reels. I used to be a ballet dancer and teacher. I'm a performer. I love that stuff and I love making people laugh while educating them. That's what I did as a teacher. So that's what I'm doing now as a real estate agent.
1: I I love it. So uh, do you, are you paying for it, Serena? What is the just, it's just really an investment of time.
3: It is, it's a free way to market myself online. Um, and I'm actually working on, I would love for, once I've built enough followers, um, Instagram will invite you to get paid, Instagram and Facebook and you know YouTube, all that stuff. So I'd like to figure out how are they gonna start paying me to make these wow. funny reels? Oh my gosh. So
1: did, how long did it take you? Because I mean, it, I, they're, they are so good. So if you're listening to the show, you have to catch her reels. I didn't even know what they're called, and I don't know what to reference to, to send them there. Where do they go if they're listening uh, to the show right now?
3: So you can see a big batch of my reels. I think the easiest way to look at them is on Instagram and that Instagram has all of them. I shoot them on Instagram. I share them from Instagram. So, um, that they go to, uh, their Instagram app, and my, uh, Instagram handle is savage dot Serena. That's S-A-V-A-G-E dot S-I-R-E-N-A. Okay, perfect.
1: And so uh, as I was saying, I mean, they're, they're just really, really good. How long did it take you to actually figure it out? And how long from the time that you started, did you actually put your first one out?
3: So I actually asked a friend of mine, Josh Bellinger, how he started doing reels because he does reels. Um, and so we were at a um, an inspection. He we we actually had a um, a lunch meeting together, and he was going to show me how he does his reels. And I was like, actually, <laughs> my buyer's offer got accepted. Can we? Sh- Move lunch to the inspection. So we were at an inspection together with my buyer, and he was showing me how he does uh, reels. He just showed me one quick, easy reel. And then from then, I always tell him, You created a monster. <laughs> As, <laughs> I just started pumping out like three reels a day. And people think, Oh, it must take you a really long time to shoot them. And really, for me, it only takes one or two takes to shoot them. I think it's from my performance background, you know, memorizing and mimicking lines and stuff like that just comes pretty easy to me and quick. So it's, and I also have a background, um, I went to UW and I, uh, got my bachelor's degree in communications with a focus in broadcast journalism. So I did a lot of, um, editing, cutting editing on final cut pro and that kind of stuff, learning how to do all that. So I think real comes pretty natural for me based on my educational background as well.
1: So what do you think for somebody that didn't have the background is you, once they got, once they were comfortable with doing them, how much time do you think it would take somebody to have a presence um, like you do online with reels?
3: So I've actually only been posting reels for three months. Uh-huh. Um, and since then I've gained um, about 80 followers in the last three months Um, I was at about 70 followers gained as of last month. And in this last month, I've gained 20 followers. So just like you said, it's gradually then suddenly. So I'm starting to get two to three more followers a day based on my reels. Uh Um, And they're just fun and catchy to do. And I like doing them and they're easy to shoot. So if anyone else wants to learn how to do them, I I think that they can learn how to do them really easily and just start posting them. You see people online with reels, that are terrible. I mean, their, their lips don't sync up to anything, but I, I always like those ones because I can tell they're trying and they're trying to promote their business in a different way.
1: You have to put yourself out there and it's not going to be perfect. Surely not the first time and perfection, perfection never happens, but putting yourself out there, you'll continue to get uh, better and better. So how many rules a day are you doing Serena?
3: My goal is three reels a day. Um, and I probably do anywhere between one to three, um, a day, uh, sometimes four, if I get really excited, but I always make sure I at least do one. Yeah. That's crazy. And
1: anything else that you do, uh, we've all heard this before. And you have a marketing that you do. Um, if you're going to do it, you have to put yourself out there consistently. So make a commitment mm-hmm. of how you're going to put yourself out there on social media, and make sure that you're doing consistent. And it has to have a flow in the brand of the message of you. When you look at Serena's, you'll see what her her branding is and her flow and her personality, it, it needs to tie in because it's, it's part of your brand and the representation you're putting out there. So you don't want it to be confusing to people by not
3: having a strategy. Would that be correct, uh, Serena? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I make sure that everyone knows I'm a real estate agent. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, you definitely do in a very hilarious uh, way. Again, I'm just addicted, and I just go back and some of them. Well, anyways, I'll get off track here, but um, I can watch them over and over. So, who is your target mar- market? Uh, your target uh, target audience, Serena? Um,
3: pretty much uh, young families. Um, I am in my early thirties. I'm 31, or I like to say 30. Wonderful. Um, and, uh, a lot of my friends are having babies and a lot of their parents are empty nesters. Yeah. And so I make sure that, um, I'm targeting those people, but mainly building a relationship with the people in my age group and getting to know through asking questions about them and getting to know them. Um, even in their family, you know, what their needs are. So you'll see some of my videos, like every fourth or fifth video, it's like real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. And then I make a joke about being a mom or a toddler mom or like kids throwing food on the floor, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Just because that's my target audience. And I notice I get a lot of engagement up on the mom posts. And then I follow those with real estate posts right after that. Because if somebody likes my mom posts, Guess what's going to show up after they've engaged on my page? Me again, as a real estate agent.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You've shown the life of a real estate agent. That was hilarious. You need to do the life of a real estate agent as a mom with a, a baby under two years old. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Serena, what do you do um, with the post and and how are you actually turning them into leads? Because I think a lot of people in, in marketing, they do the marketing and they get it right and they're doing it consistent, but then they don't know how to convert how to convert it actually into business. So what are you doing to convert this into business since you said 50% of your business is coming directly from your mm-hmm. reels?
3: Yeah, so I'm seeing who's liking them and I am touching base with them and thanking them for liking my reel or even people are now starting to share my reel. Um so that's been pretty cool to see that. Um but mostly that connection after they've liked it or shared it or even um on Instagram and Facebook you can you know have like polls or engagement think toggles on there or something and if I notice if people are engaging with those they're to me I take it like they're engaging with me so then I will connect with them hey it's been a while how's it going or if I haven't seen them on my page before hey I don't think we've met I'm Serena how's it going thanks for liking my stuff you know that kind of that kind of thing. And it just turns into a conversation about their real estate needs from there.
1: Yeah. If you're doing something on social media and you're not engaging, uh, it most likely looks, you're probably not engaging in your business at a high level either, which would not be good. So Mm -hmm. anything else that you've learned so far um, in the short period of time that you've been doing reels and seen such a huge success?
3: Um, Yeah. I I scheduled like three listing appointments last week from reels. (laughs) I just, (laughs) Um, But know know who you want to target. So um, I've been trying to target more um, listings, right? Because my age group, I have a lot of buyers naturally anyway. So um, I've been doing more reels about listings. um, But sometimes the buyer reels just come up. So I would just say know who you're targeting. Um, And even the family thing. Some people say don't mix business and personal. I... Do you have a business page but I like mixing business and personal cuz I feel like people are connected to me more they feel like I've invited them into my family into my world you know that kind of stuff so um I definitely am a mixer
1: <laughs> I I totally agree with that I disagree with what they say don't mix business with family because people work with people that they they feel that they connect with and you connect through what happens with you outside of business. And so um, absolutely a great shout out there. Uh, What advice would you have as we're wrapping up here for anyone that's starting to posting reels?
3: Just do it. Just try it. Yeah, just do it. Try it out. Get it done. It's not hard to figure it out. So Um, and they can always call me I'm available. If anybody listening is like, Hey, I want to do reels for my business. What do I do? Give me a call. I will guide you through it. I have Facetimed people and shared my screen with them before and showed them what to do. It's I'm a very approachable person.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm going to call you. I'm really nervous. And it's so funny. I've hosted my own radio show for over 11 years. I'm a keynote speaker. Um, an author, you know, I mean, but I'm afraid to do real. So we'll connect Serena. Thank yes. you so much for coming in and uh, sharing about rules and how it can increase any business that you're in for Serena. It's been a 50% of her businesses come from reels in real estate reels for deals. Thank you, Serena. Thanks, Tina. And coming up next in the money hour. Money to buy a home, Marissa Beach of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Northwest Real Estate right here on 1150
2: AM KKNW. So are you tired of your landlord and wasting money on fixing repairs on a home that isn't yours? Then stop renting. Marissa Beach at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services has helped countless families buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Marissa has been a realtor in Washington State for nearly a decade and teaching homebuyer classes in English and Spanish. To sign up for a class, go to homebuyerclasses.org or give her a call at 206-920-5092.
0: Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150 you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell on alternative talk 11:50 a.m now back to the show with local mortgage expert tina mitchell
1: You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, July 23rd show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere show, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. And now in studio, we have Marissa Beach of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Northwest Real Estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Marissa, thank you so much for uh, joining me on
4: my show. Thank you so much for having me. Greatly appreciate it, Tina.
1: Yeah, and this is going to be a really great conversation uh, for people that are looking at buying a home and some options for money, uh, whether it's for you as a first-time home buyer, or if you are a mother or a father that would love to have your kids get into a home and they don't have money, this is going to be a really great segment uh, for you to listen to. So Marissa, what is the first step for buyers looking to buy or
4: sellers looking to sell their home? I think the first step is definitely a consultation with the professionals, right? A real estate professional and a mortgage uh, professional. I think we can basically decipher all the Google information because a lot of people are always Googling articles and trying to figure out what is the first step? Where can I get more information? And then everybody reads so much uh, or watches a lot of videos or reads a lot of articles that may or may not apply to them personally. And so I think having a, a consultation, like I said, with a real estate agent, Real estate broker and a mortgage professional will help uh, dispel a lot of the myths for sure. Education is key.
1: Yeah, and that is great advice because, yeah, there's so much information, and the information that you find online can be overwhelming, and the information can be incorrect and not accurate information. So it's important that you talk with an expert, uh, somebody that's established in the industry that knows what they do um, and have that expertise. And then also like uh, Marissa said, it's they're tailoring it unique and specific because everybody's needs are completely different and it's going to take a different strategy and a different plan to make sure that you're successful. So some of that advice that's out there, uh, even if correct, may not apply to you and can take you down a wrong road, which is going to be an unsuccessful Uh, and so Marissa, what is the
4: criteria to qualify for home purchase? So to, so qualify for a home purchase, and I get calls almost every, every day, every week, you know, uh, on this question, you have to have a job and money in the bank. And that sounds so simplified, but. But, you know, money can come in different forms in terms of income, right? Yeah, some people have Social Security income. Some people get income from another partner or spouse or things of that nature. So even though they might not be employed personally, but maybe somebody else in the family will be on the loan and they might be on title, for example. So I think that um, to qualify, obviously, two years on the same job. And if people switch jobs, it doesn't mean they should automatically disqualify themselves. They should still have the consultation and talk to a mortgage professional and or a real estate agent to figure out whether or not, you know, switching jobs, were they in the same line of work, for example. Um, Having done taxes for two years is really important as well, but I have seen some loans out there that don't require two years of tax return, so it really depends on the loan product. I think just relying on experts is really key.
1: Absolutely. And again, it's based on your unique situation. Yeah. If you've owned a business for more than five years, it may only require one year tax returns. And if you just changed a job, even if it's a little bit different line of work, it's okay if you're going from a salary uh, to a salary position. So there's lots of things. And again, just as Amrsa says, it's going to be unique uh, to your specific situation. And for parents who are out there, if your kids can't qualify for a loan, say they have challenging credit, there's a really great program uh, that parents can actually buy for their parents. They can buy for their kids. They can buy for any family member as a primary owner-occupied property, even though they're not going to be living in it, they're buying it as a primary on behalf of their children or their parents. So there's lots of creative things out there. You just need to have that consultation, as Marissa said, on the real estate and the mortgage side. So Marissa, buyers may be asking, is there really such thing as a zero-down loan?
4: Yeah, that's very common because a lot of people see see that number zero down so they think they don't have to put anything into the deal or anything into the home purchase. And even though they do exist, which they do, there are zero down programs, it's important to distinguish what does that mean? Is it a silent second loan or is it a down payment assistance grant? Or is it something else you know that doesn't include the out of pocket costs so it's really important to keep in mind that zero down doesn't mean no money in the bank so means that. um, That there is help there's lots of help out there and tons of programs across the country, not just uh, in you know Washington state, but uh, talk to the professionals involved and we can hook you up with resources and information.
1: Yeah, and this is another reason why you have to work with an established real estate agent uh, like Marissa in the negotiating process, uh, because there is there is room now as we're getting more to a balanced market that uh, you might be in a position to negotiate to get the seller uh, to pay those closing costs and prepaids. And even if not, uh, rolling it into the price that you're offering the seller is another strategy that you can do to truly get to a zero down loan. Um, so let's talk about, and and I guess ex- exception of that, we're going to kind of um, break down some things here but you've got inspection and earnest money and things but where can buyers find money to buy a home uh for down payment assistant options what are you utilizing uh with your buyers
4: Yeah, so to provide some context to that basically a third I believe I've read a third of all mortgage applications across the country have been denied could have used down payment assistance. So it's really important again connecting to the right professionals that can connect you to the resources. I personally teach homebuyer classes monthly in English and Spanish and i know a lot of different lenders with a lot of different programs so there's there's programs that are applied to people under certain income bracket, brackets or if you're a first time home buyer or if you're in a particular profession like the heroes program which can apply to nurses and doctors and teachers and firefighters police officers for example so there there's very uh there's a, ri- a wide variety of programs um and just depending on your profession depending on your employer, depending on the connections that you have, like the classes I teach, some of them are certified through the Washington State Housing Finance Commission program, Mm -hmm. where that serves as a silent second loan, but it's not a loan that you have payments on until you refinance or sell your home um, or decide to rent it out to somebody else, for example. And there are other unique programs like a cash program, right, where there's lenders that are giving uh cash loans to buyers so that way their offer looks stronger on paper and then it gets converted into a regular conventional loan and then there's other banks that give grants you know anywhere from seventy five hundred dollars up to almost twenty thousand dollars um, it could be based on, like I said, uh, buyer status, like if you're a first time home buyer, it could be based on profession, it could be based on ethnicity or race, because there are some grants out there that are trying to increase minority homeownership. Yes. And so I just try to ask all of the different questions. I have a buyer's questionnaire in order for me to be able to put one directly in contact with the right person to get them the right loan um, and the right grant or right assistance with the homeownership process.
1: Yeah. And again, it's important in your mortgage consultant because mortgage companies won't participate in these sometimes because um, they're just a lot of work. It takes a lot more uh, staff to do it. So they just decide not to to offer these programs. So it's critically important that you're working with a lender that does. So with your experience, uh, Marissa, let's talk about the difference between using a bank, credit
4: union, or a mortgage broker for a home loan. I get that question often as well, because oftentimes consumers have You know, they might have their checkings and savings with one institution, let's say it's common, BCU is common, for example. Um, Or they might have it with bigger banks like Bank of America, U.S. Bank of that nature. But they might do their loan with another company. And I would say what's most important is having that not only the, the program criteria apply to the person or their program that could help them the most, but also the personality match, right? Um, because I get to know my clients and I know all the lenders I work with, then I try to be a matchmaker in some sense. I'm like, okay, well, they're outgoing or they like this or they like that. And that might seem um, like a small detail that's irrelevant, but it is really relevant because they're sharing personal financial details. And you wanna make sure that that person is somebody they can they can trust and feel comfortable with asking questions when they need questions answered, you know, whether it's evenings and weekends uh, or things of that nature. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that your mortgage consultant does not work banking
1: hours because that does not turn out very well uh, when you're trying to buy a home. And again, as Marissa says, having access to multiple options and making sure they're going to be able to perform at a very high level. So Marissa, what are the out-of-pocket expenses that buyers have to consider when purchasing a
4: home? So depending on one's income, down payment could come from a program, but if it doesn't, that would be an out-of-pocket expense. Other expenses along the process would be uh, earnest money, home inspection, a home appraisal. And those are the home appraisal is obviously ordered by the bank where they're getting the mortgage, but the home inspection is ordered by the buyer. So the buyer chooses the company. We realtors have a plethora of companies we work with. We always give recommendations and a list, but buyers aren't obligated to choose from that list. Uh, some buyers choose to to from that list and some do not. So it's perfectly fine. Uh, we don't get any you know, kickbacks or anything like that, just because we're referring uh, those inspection companies or or other types of companies, and so the the costs of those things can range greatly. Right, a down payment can be anywhere from three percent to ten percent. That one myth that I've seen a lot is that oh, you need twenty percent down not necessarily. Uh, Most times you don't, as you know, right, Tina? And then the inspections can be anywhere from $500 to Mm $700-ish, appraisals $800 to $1,000, and then move-in costs. That's one thing I think it gets overlooked throughout this process is like people forget you're going to want new paint, new furniture, new this, new kitchenware, new dining table, things of that nature, and those costs can easily add up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Looking in um, at your whole budget and what that's going to look like for uh, for you is important. Uh, yeah, and I shout out to twenty percent. A lot of people feel that they need twenty percent to avoid paying monthly mortgage insurance. You do not. You, depending on qualification, you can do a twenty percent down and do a buyout of mortgage insurance. Sometimes finance it into the loan. So again, having that uh, expert real estate agent, mortgage professional on your side to help you navigate navigate through all the options and tailor it specific to what your needs are. So, can you describe the difference? between the home inspection and
4: the appraisal inspection? Sure. So the home inspection, again, the company is hired by the buyer to, and sometimes by the seller, if the seller wants to do an inspection before they list their home on the market, they can. And some most of the time they do share that inspection report with the buyer's agent who then shares it with the buyers. So that home inspection company should be certified, licensed, right, in the state of Washington, Uh, and they check for defects of the home interior and exterior if it's a single family home but if it's a condo then they're just looking at the interior if the HOA takes care of the exterior Um, and their goal is to find all the defects in the home because every home even if it's new construction will likely have some defect in the eyes of the buyers and in the eyes of the inspectors sometimes more on the new construction (laughs) (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah there's so many Mm subcontractors involved in that process you're like who was part of this construction (laughs) like who was part of project and so the um whereas the appraisal is ordered uh after the home inspection contingency is fulfilled and that appraisal is ordered to evaluate whether or not the purchase price which is the same as the offer price right is really what the house is worth. And that's really what the bank wants to give in terms of the mortgage loan. And so the buyers will have to rely on that money in order to get the home. And so even if they escalated well above list price, which has been common for many years, um, the appraiser might go out there to the property and evaluate okay, are these characteristics similar to other comparable properties in the neighborhood? And they do the analysis uh, largely online, but sometimes again in person, comparing those properties in order to figure out what amount the bank is going to give as far as yes. the mortgage.
1: Yeah. Um, so, when is a good
4: time to invest in real estate? Uh, There's a saying in real estate, which I'm sure you heard is the best time to buy is when you're ready, willing, and able. Yeah, And I believe in that wholeheartedly because you can have one of the three, but not two of the three. And it's really important to have all three. So you could be ready emotionally, but maybe not ready financially, or you could be ready financially, but not ready emotionally. And one thing that I realized is that people don't invest in real estate because it's a good investment necessarily, unless they're investors, right? And that's their thing. But the the clients I work with, first time home buyers, it's an emotional investment. Yeah. So for them, they're looking at things like school districts. They're looking at you know time of year for school enrollment. Um, but there are homes on the market all year round. So I would say like December has sometimes been my best month of the year. Last year was my best month of the year. And so just because you think that, oh, there's no open houses going on, doesn't mean that there aren't homes available for sale. Yeah. And look at the summer, right? I don't think anybody predicted that the market was starting to slow down this summer. Um, and so it's a lot of agents, a lot of brokers are, are starting to, to figure out, okay, what are some other strategies to, to continue being to help so many families that deserve homeownership? Yeah, if you're
1: thinking of being in home ownership and not for a flip or a very short time, short term, um, when you think about buying now's the time to do it, get in, um, start building that appreciation. And if it's a long term investment, um, even if there is an adjustment in market, you don't lose real estate, you don't lose money in real estate historically because the real estate market always goes like this. So, Marissa, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity to share your wealth of information with my listeners. And thank you for joining me on uh, my virtual studio.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: And a shout out to both of my guests uh, today, again, for spending time with me and more importantly, sharing uh, with you that are listening to the show. If you want to connect with either one of my guests, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 Or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. Tina Mitchell, your host and local mortgage expert, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday and your weekend. I look forward to chatting more with you about money next weekend.
0: Gina Mitchell, MLO 145420 is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.